And welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. He is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, and I'm Chad McCool. And oh yeah, this is the Hillbilly and the Hipster. This is episode 66, Andy. We've been doing this 66 times. Ooh, that's uh that's a lot of times. That's a lot of fire. There's a lot of gasoline that's been thrown on that. Although we may Ooh. not we may not be on the uh our same release schedule like we used to be, but you know, between the holidays and my perpetual illness through the holidays, it kind of slowed us down. Yeah, and doctor wife, man, you can you can set your calendar like you know January, somewhere around January 3rd, she's sick. Never fails. Um, and much to much to it, she started feeling bad about third, fourth, didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden, she went to the doctor yesterday, and uh, she got the strep. So that's exciting. A lot of a lot of sickness. Didn't one of uh, your kids have this have strep? A while back, it's it's not been recently. Okay. Um, now my youngest will claim to be sick every other week, but that's because he doesn't want to go to bed at night and then doesn't sleep well. And then it's so flipping tired, he can't concentrate. And so he's like, oh, I don't feel good. I can't, I can't go to school. Well, he'll be ready for adulthood. That's basically adulthood. <laughs> it really is. It there's, really is. There's things about adulthood, like, I wish that people were honest with us. Like, I really wish that um, people would tell you that you'd just be perpetually tired and not want to leave the house. I thought adulthood yeah. would be, I'd be running around and, and I know this is a G rated show, but I'm just going to say, I wish somebody said that diarrhea would be more regular in adulthood and not necessarily because of illness. Yeah. I wish they would have gave me some warning. Like it's not quicksand, it's quick poos. That's what yeah. you got to worry about. Yeah. It's the quick poos. And I don't know you, why my, my dog is going crazy. I don't know if you can hear her, but she is. I saw her run back and forth. I think I think the mailman came and she wants to go jump on him. It's it's crazy times. It's crazy. So I had banter I that I say, said I was going to wait for. <laughs> yeah, but I've gone. I'm drawing a blank on what I was going to say. Well, and then so, I'm just going to start with a hot take. You because, start with your hot take, and I'm because, sure I'm on a. It, what will happen is this will come to me in mid-episode, and I'll rabbit trail. It's fine. Well, hence the dumpster fire, right? That's, that's right. <laughs> so uh, my hot take, and I love hot takes because I think maybe we should start making this a video podcast so everybody could watch your eyes go big and you turn as wide as your undershirt when I say I've got a hot take. <laughs> probably not a Probably not a good thing. So I know you're a 90s country music fan. I do you, enjoy you enjoy the movie. prime country on Sirius XM. I do. I do. Um, who's the greatest? Who's the best 90s country artist? And why is it Joe Diffie? Man. So he's not my personal favorite. I'm not going to say, like, I'd run out and get Joe Diffie records, but when you hear Joe Diffie songs, you're like, dang, you never those change are good. the radio station. No, and then you, you realize never change it. He, he wrote, like, half the the late 80s and 90 country hits for everybody else. Yeah. R.I.P. Joe Diffie, but um, too soon. But, yeah, no, man, they're, uh, man, 
Sure. He had some the the pickup truck song is is my pickup favorite. Man. Drove a drove a hundred thousand miles on his knees. It just makes me giggle. I heard that's uh, a good song too. I heard Third Rock from the Sun the other day, and I hadn't heard it in forever, and that's what made oh, me man. think of that. That came on the other day, and me and the boys were in the truck, and I blared it and rolled the windows down and yeah. was just screaming it. And I've never seen a seven year old's face turn that red. Like Turner is hiding and Mason cannot function. He doesn't know whether to laugh or cry. He just it's it's ridiculously awesome. Plus, my hot take is out of 90s country artists, I'm fairly certain if he was still alive and I didn't check before he passed, Joe Diffie would not be woke. No, I guarantee he's not. Unlike a lot of his counterparts. From 90s country. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right, but I... <laughs> Just because Joe, Joe Diffie looked like he was the dude, like, he should have a... He should have had, like, a... He's in the vendor hall when you go to the stock show. You know, and the stock show's in town here in Denver. You go to the stockyards in Fort Worth, and he's selling you, like... You know, coonskin caps and you know stuff like beef jerky. He's got all the game jerky. He's got the game jerky booth. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, didn't he do the uh, the prop me up beside the jukebox? Wasn't that Joe Diffie? Yes. The the all to weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good time. So uh, we're 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 done. We're officially done. Yesterday. Uh, as of recording this, yesterday was a day of epiphany, so it's uh, Christmas season is done. Well, yeah, because yesterday was, uh, yeah, Christmas is done, and yesterday was Orthodox, unless you're Orthodox, and yesterday was Orthodox Christmas. Right, right. But that's the, the day of epiphany. We, uh, and I was joking, We so New Year's Day, we took our, our decorations down. Um, it's probably the first time we've ever done it on New Year's Day, but we're like, we're home, we're not doing anything, let's just go ahead and do it. And uh, I was joking, we, we were putting memos in the nativity scene up, and I was like, oh, here's Mary, oh, here's Joseph, oh, here's the wise men. They got here really early this year because they don't usually show up until about two weeks after. Mm-hmm. And blew my, my oldest mind, like, he was like, what, what, what are we doing? It's like, well, listen, son. One day I'll learn you something. Do you keep them out? Do you not? Do you put them? Do you? Put oh them? no, I put them in. Okay. I put them in. I understand that it's not historically accurate, but then in my head, it's all I see is the guy that used to come into to labor league. It was like, you know, Jesus wasn't born December twenty fifth. <laughs> well, no kidding, but we can still celebrate. Yeah, and, and you could go either way with that, right? When you think about that, because the Bible clearly says that, you know, it was it was, you know, that the the shepherds were laying down with their sheep, and and that really points to uh cold weather to winter months, right? That sheep herders, shepherds with sheep, they they will lay next to them when it's cold to try to give them some warmth and things like that. So I mean there are definitely there are definitely pointers that direct to it being the winter, but yeah, the 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 day isn't necessarily important, whether it's accurate or not. It's just knowing that you know, I mean, 
the the incarnation points to the cross. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what did it, what was it that I heard the other day? Um, Christianity is really just playing hide and seek with Jesus. This may be the most sacrilegious thing I've ever Ooh, said. I'm already feeling uncomfortable. Right, but it's like, oh, where's Jesus? Oh, he was born here. Oh, where's Jesus? Oh, he's he died. Oh, he's back. And so it's just playing hide and seek all year. Where'd you hear this? I don't know. Somebody was talking about it the other day. They need kinda, they need Jesus. I just kind of nodded and smiled and walked on, and then I walked away, and I was like, that's shouldn't be funny, but I well, I, I giggled. <laughs> It is oh, what it is, man. I will pray for you. <laughs> but on a side note, before we get real deep into our topic that I don't know if we really know what we're, our topic is yet. Um, if you follow me on social media, not necessarily the, the hillbilly and the hipster, but but me personally. Um, last night you would have saw that I tried probably the single greatest thing ever invented. And so um, I have had a long history of loving, lo- loving loving little debbie it's because you're from kentucky little debbie like i i told a group of men in church one time i've had an affair for a while uh with little debbie yeah i'm sorry um and now little debbie has turned into big deborah because she's in the ice cream business now and so dr wife bought me some swiss cake roll ice cream and i was real skeptical man i was like this is gonna be weird it's gonna be chocolate ice cream with like vanilla swirls. That's what it's going to taste like. And it was kind of weirded me out. Ripped the top off. Turner was real excited. He was like, I want some. I was like, back off. I don't have a lot and I'm not sharing. <laughs> so he got like a spoonful and he was like, dad. And 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 I quote, dad, bro, this is bussing. And I was like, first of all, never speak again. Just don't. Second of all, let me try. And so then I take a bite and like my eyes become like the saucers that Chadwick was describing. And all I could think to myself in my 39 year old head who don't get me wrong. I've been a youth pastor for a while. So, but that's neither here nor there. My 39 year old head. I thought silently as I'm like eating my spoonful of Swiss cake, roll ice cream was bro. This is busting. This is bus. So I encourage you, um, first of all, little Debbie, if you'd like to hook us up with a sponsorship, I'm here for it. Uh, but I encourage you, uh, people who are listening to the sound of my voice, do not walk, do not run, do not drive at a normal speed. I need you to speed to your nearest ice cream dispensary. Uh, For me, Walmart is closest. Uh, And then run from your vehicle to the ice cream area and then back to the cash register and buy the Swiss cake roll ice cream. Because when I tell you it is the greatest ice cream ever made, I am not lying. (laughs) I'm counting down the hours so I can finish it tonight. I've seen them. I've always been weary I mean, for me, like, I, I think if I have an ice cream from the store that I'll buy, I'm definitely partial to Bluebell. And mm-hmm. Bluebell has an ice cream with the oatmeal cream pies, 
where there are chunks of oatmeal cream pies in them. And I that don't is know. phenomenal. See, I don't know, man, because like I, I remember when I was real little, I loved oatmeal cream pies. Yeah. And I think I think Brenda Crow messed me up because I think I've had too many and now I can't handle them. I don't, I don't like them. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to eat them. Like, I, I think it's a thing like if I if, it, if they're available, I might have one and it's sort of nostalgic. But I wouldn't it wouldn't be a go to for me. But the ice cream is really good. And the the Dr. Pepper float. The Dr. Pepper float that Bluebell makes is phenomenal. So yeah, Bluebell's good ice cream. I enjoy it. Yeah. So if uh, Little Debbie or Bluebell wants to hook us up, um, we would definitely love to be in the decadence of the ice cream business. But to speak about business, because we are businessmen, Andy. We are nothing other than a fire of business. That's right. Let's uh let's move from the dumpster fire to that that. Fire of the Forge. The Fire of the Forge is today's episode, like almost every other episode we have made, is brought to you by the folks at St. Gagano's Armory. It's the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art and crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gagano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount. They use the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but functional. We have them, and we use them. And a portion of every sale goes back into the community. So why settle for generic, mass-produced items when you can own something that is hand-forged, and it's very unique, and helps out your community? So visit them today at stgagonoarmory.etsy.com. Boom. They also have blacksmith apparel. That's right. So you can get your blacksmith apparel, blacksmith merchandise from St. Gagano. You can check them out on social media. They are on X at St. Gagano, and they are on Instagram at St. underscore Galgano underscore Armory. Keith's got to work on that handle. It's too many underscores. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of underscores. <laughs> gonna, we're gonna get a text message in about a week. <laughs> yeah, when this when this episode's dropped, we're just gonna. He's, gonna he's like, it. he's gonna be the other one was taken. I had to use underscores. <laughs> he's gonna be on with us here pretty soon. We'll just tell him. Yeah, tell him camera to camera where he can't punch me. <laughs> so, I I was thinking about. And we could talk about something else if you want, but lately I've been the last couple of days I was thinking about Paul's Thorn. Go on. So, you know, in uh in Second Corinthians 12, right? Paul Paul starts in um well, I guess really in verse six, and he says, For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. And in chapter in verse seven, especially because of the extraordinary revelations, therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this in verse eight, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness, right? So Paul's got this thorn in the flesh um, that he obviously sees as a 
as a way to humble him. Um, otherwise, he might become boastful. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of um, thoughts, ideas, theories about what Paul's thorn in the flesh is. Um, I've even heard I served with a pastor who one time used it to uh, basically uh, support that uh, there was a there was a, a small group leader at the time who had a, a pornography addiction and his wife left him and it had affected his marriage and he used it as well Paul struggled with this because Paul's thorn was sexual immorality and lust. Um, you where know, where was, do we see that? Uh, that's what I, this is why I'm no longer at that church. And I wasn't much after that. Um, Paul was, yeah, but Paul was Saul and Saul was, was pretty in tune with the scriptures, man. I don't know that sexual immorality was his thing. Correct. I think maybe punching people might have been his thing, but I don't, I don't know that, you know, never mind i can't go that far but i think the obvious ones right and you may have heard this i've heard a lot of people write like because you think about it, it's easy it's easy to uh equate it to ailments right considering what we know of paul's life with the injuries he suffered and shipwrecks snake bites uh being stoned to death and all that you know all that stuff were he was really good at making friends yes <laughs> <laughs> yes um but i like what do you think what do you think the thorn is see i man i don't know and i i really struggle with trying to figure it out um sure because i don't want to put my take on scripture, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and, and as we all should. Because I, I think that we, and I say we, I'm going to classify uh, Western civilization probably more than the underground church. Um, but the West has a really hard time of in, in putting our thoughts and feelings on scripture. Um, and I, you know. Yeah, and, and you... I mean, we've had a conversation about you just sort of experienced that recently yeah. and not so, in your church, but as not a, a, no. so we visited a church on Christmas Eve for a Christmas Eve candlelight service in the evening. Beautiful service. I don't want to take anything away from the service. It's it's a good church, uh, very active and loving church. Pastor is a great man, uh, godly man. Um, but I think he, he went a little far in his sermon. Um, when he said that he was talking about the, you know, the manger scene. And, and we talked about that at nauseum during Christmas time. So I don't want to rehash that. But he said that he doesn't think that the innkeeper sin wasn't giving them a room. He thinks that the innkeeper sin was not being there at the birth of the Savior, to which Dr. Wife looked at me and was like, is that a thing? And I was like, I don't, I don't think it is. Like, we don't. It, scripture doesn't talk about the innkeeper sin. Like, why, why would it have been a sin that he didn't provide them with a room that he didn't have? 
Why yeah. would it have been a sin that he didn't go into a random? He so he gave him what he had, and so he's supposed to like kick in and be like, "Hey, dude, I know your wife's having a baby, but I feel like I should probably be here for this." That seems kind of creepy. Like I think that if so, here here let's let's put it in today's when when Doctor Wife had Turner. Okay, um, we were in the 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 birthing unit suites whatever you want to call them at the hospital in Terre Haute and you the the lady next to us it happened so quick she missed her window for an epidural okay and the the screams and the words that came out of her mouth <laughs> um like I was praying for her from the other side like you know while I was making doctor wife mad because I was eating chicken nuggets and watching football when she couldn't have any food oh my gosh um, it I thought she was asleep okay I thought she was asleep but we're not we're not talking about my mistake right now let's and talk so, about your sin yeah well that was a big one um so it would have been really creepy for me to just like bust in her room like I hear you screaming over there I feel like I should probably be here for this Right. If that happens, I'm being escorted out of that hospital and they're not letting me come back for Turner's birth. And the awesome jokes that I had during Turner's birth would not have happened. And we could not have had that. So, like, how? And so, sure, hindsight's 2020, right? If I'm that innkeeper and it comes to find out later on in life that the savior of the world was born in my basement cave. I'm going to kick myself in the hindquarters for not being there. But how, I don't know that it's a sin that he wasn't there. Why would he have been there? You know, and we've talked about this, you know, like the importance of the innkeeper, right? Which I think has become culturally important. The, the cultural aspect of the incarnation of Christ, the innkeeper is a key player, in that small part, but really, as you're talking about this, is like the mistake that that gentleman made in the pulpit was, where's the sin? Like calling something that isn't sin. This might be the reformed guy in me, but calling something sin that isn't sin. Like where's the sin? Like not being able to oblige them with a space can be sinful. Like I, you know, I'm not going to say that it can't be sinful. But that act itself, like we don't know if you, if you had ulterior motives or you were discriminatory or something like that. Right. Yes, that could be sinful and why you didn't give them a room or and then not. I mean, in the, the way that sin would have come into play with him not participating in the birth would be. You know, I'd argue if Mary was alone. And was, you know buckled over in pain and he was just like you know sort of you know when we think about this we think about the story of the good samaritan right the priest walking past and all this you know i i think that comes into play but she wasn't alone and again like you know it would make it weird then if when when uh you know i know he listens sometimes so when uh globe life was being born that I was sitting in the room with you eating chicken nuggets and watching football. It's been really weird because we didn't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think back to Paul. Sure, he I mean, he he clearly states that he had a thorn in his side. Um, and I think 
we all relate to Paul in that way. There's We all have something that we struggle with. Some of us struggle openly about it. Others of us, we hide it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Paul was, I guess, fairly open, although he didn't say what it was. But, I mean, he was open that he had that. Um, but I don't know it's my place to be like, oh, I think it was uh, sexual morality. Or I think it was eating yeah. too many little Debbies. No, um, and I, and I, and yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think we're not supposed to read into scripture. I think sometimes, I think sometimes scripture definitely allows us. For well, I'm not saying I term, haven't thought. I mean, I think it's a person. I don't think it's a physical ailment. I don't think it's blindness or anything. I think it's a person because I think the key to me where I think that scripture points it at is because it's that word in or that phrase in the in verse seven a messenger of satan a messenger of satan to torment me so that i won't exalt myself i will i will get in trouble for what i'm about to say okay well since my hot take was soft come on who doesn't love joe diffie but go ahead (laughs) you put yourself in the grave what so paul also says like it's better to be single like he is correct what if his thorn is a woman think about let me read let's read that verse again hold on what we say verse eight uh verse seven verse second corinthians 12 verse seven uh, especially because the extraordinary revelations, therefore, uh, so I would not exalt myself. A thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. So anytime I get real high and mighty on myself, you know who knocks me down? Not knocks me down in a mean way, but knocks me down to, like, humble me? Dr. Wife. Mm. Maybe Dr. Wife's thorn in my flesh. Uh, full disclosure, Dr. Wife, I love you. More than you know, you are not a thorn in my flesh. <laughs> but maybe Paul would consider you a thorn in my flesh. You know, maybe I'm like a giant stick in your shoe. I, I don't know. But maybe it's, you know, he, he longs for that relationship, but knows that it wouldn't be healthy for him. And and so he's constantly around this this person that he wants to be with, but can't. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe that, but what if? Like, if we're playing the what if game, like, let's play the what if game. Yeah, we can play the what if game with Paul. Like, Paul can step up because I think, while I, I think what you, you, the verses you talked about, right? That uh, I just you know, saw a messenger from Satan and immediately went to my yeah, wife. But, and, and, Not well, my you, wife, but a wife. Well, the verse that you mentioned in 1 Corinthians, right? I think it's in 1 Corinthians 7, right? To the unmarried. I think he says to the unmarried and the widows, I say it's good, right? It's good to stay unmarried as I am. Because if you can't control yourselves, then you should get married. And I think that that clearly points to him not being married at the at the time. See, I think that some scripture and and just history in that time points to the possibility that he could have been right. So so while the Bible doesn't say that Paul was a Sanhedrin, he clearly like Saul was clearly on that path, right, to be a, a Sanhedrin before his conversion on the Damascus Road. And, and and one of the the one of the, the the expectations priorities requirements of being in the Sanhedrin is that you had to be a married man. And also, I think when you go later on in First Corinthians, um, I think it's First Corinthians nine, 
Paul says, like, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us as do the other, other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? Right. So I think I think Paul, I think that scripture then says there's a chance he could be married. And so possibly he had a wife that passed away. If we're playing the yeah. what if game. <laughs> But then, you know, in in right before the verse that you mentioned, I think Paul, uh, I think it's just a couple of verses before that somewhere that Paul, Paul declares that he had the gift of celibacy. But yeah, so I mean, there are some things in scripture that while I think we can fall into that trap of reading between the lines, I think if we I think there's also the the thing if we read if we read scripture at certain times, like so if we read so the some of the 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 gospels or or the Pauline letters it, with first century eyes, we can kind of see some things that point us to unwritten directives, if you will. Yeah. So so what are your thoughts? What do you what do you think his thorn was? Um, I think it was a person. So maybe it's because of the season I've I'm going through and, and Paul being a minister, I think they were church members. <laughs> so let's let's just both get in trouble, right? Um I'm glad it's not just me today. <laughs> no, but I, I think that I think at times God does give us. Well, well, just to use Paul's words, right? It gives us a messenger of Satan. And I'm not going to say that church members are definitely messengers of Satan. I think that, I think something that we confuse is it was when you go to the point where, where Jesus, you know, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, twice in scripture, right? Once he says it to Satan himself. And the other time he says it to Peter. And, and I think the miss, we misconstrued that because Jesus was never calling Peter Satan. And Jesus wasn't calling that that Peter was like a, a disciple of Satan. Peter, I think Jesus was was saying, get behind me, Satan, because Jesus, I mean, Peter was allowing himself to go down an unrighteous path when he yeah, no, I think, Christ. I think, I think Satan can use church members because I, oh, I think absolutely. a lot of times church members, Christians, whatever, we don't realize what, you know, what we're doing. You know, uh, we the road we we've always heard it said the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Mm -hmm. So like we may but, have the the best of intentions. Hey, you don't need to do this. Hey, you don't need to do this. Hey, why are you doing this? Well, but if if someone is called to do that, then you have to let them do that. And sure, if they're called to do it, Satan's going to use whatever he can to try to stop it. Yeah, and I, I think using myself as an example, right? The last few months have had some interesting things happen from church members. I mean, I, I think I could say this safely that we have a a, a lady Sunday school class that has been it. it I, I mean, sometimes I joke that is the shadow government of the church. Like this class has been in existence for probably three decades. Um, but, you know, at some point uh, through November and December, they just kind of tossed the quarterly away and just talked about me. 
seems legit. And so, like, I, I don't necessarily think that they're actually, like, disciples of Satan. But I think that because we live in a fallen world, that those things are attractive and we allow those things to to control us. And, and you know, another phrase, I had an old pastor tell me this a long time ago, that Satan does his best work in the pews on Sunday. You know, Absolutely, like to, he does. But to me, I, I I sometimes wonder if we go back to to Paul's thorn. Is that I I just I wonder if Paul's thorn is Alexander, right? Alexander the coppersmith, because right, Paul tells Timothy Timothy in Second Timothy he describes that um, Alexander did a great deal of harm, and you know, and he was doing harm in a church. And I wonder if uh, to me, if Paul's thorn was somebody like Alexander, who. You know, but getting back to using my own thing, and I think Paul sees this when when he says in verse seven, right, a, uh, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I wouldn't exalt myself. Um, and then, you know, and, and then Paul saying that he pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. And that's something that I learned a lesson through this time that. I allowed myself to be tormented by these folks. And, and when I say there, there was a, just a small handful of people, right? They said things behind my back. They said things to my face, threatened me that things were going to go down at the annual meeting, things like this, right? This is all this is all behind the paywall stuff. We could break this down when we build that paywall. But but that it, it didn't matter what they said. Like it hurt. And then I became very thin-skinned, which I think I can be as a as my go-to, but I, I became very thin skinned over the last few months. And these things really hurt. And I let it get to me. And in essence, I was in sin because I wasn't trusting the Lord, right? That the Lord wasn't enough. Like the fact that these people were saying these things about me and they were going to try to do whatever they were going to try to do. I didn't rely on God to lead, right? I, I didn't go back to, to Psalm 46, 10, which you know, I, I think you, you're aware of this. The last five years or so, that verse has become very uh, pivotal to me. And for Christmas, my wife got me a plaque with it that sits on my desk, right? To remind me of Psalm 46 and that I didn't just be quiet. Like I didn't be still and let him lead. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, I tried to fix it myself. And so in essence, their sin just became more sin for me and and in Paul's case, right? He was being tormented so that he could be humbled. And in essence, I think what I've learned throughout life as I've gotten older, that while I, I remember someone telling me once that, you know, sanctification is a journey, not a race. And and the big part of that journey is sanctification is humbling. Um, you know, it's a it's a long road of humble being humbled. Oh, absolutely it is. Um and I think it's also important to remember, especially for those of us who are ministers um, and, and who are called to, to shepherd a flock, um, sheep bite. Um, Whoa, I, and it hurts. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who said it originally. I believe you were the first person I ever heard say that. So and I thought I thought when I heard heard you say it for the first time, I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever said. Uh -huh. or ever I thought heard. so, too. And then. You know, uh, a few months down the road, some things happened, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, sheep bite, and it hurts." An old mentor of mine told me that, and um, I kind of, I kind of chuckled at it, 
I kind of chuckled at it for uh, a while. And then, you know, there was a, a time when it glared me in the face and, you know, I had yeah. a flock that bit or members of a flock that bit. And, and it's never, it's never a whole flock, man. No, no, no. It's always just one or two. And you're like, Oh, I'm just going to let the sheepdog take care of you. But you can't do that because then you don't do your job. Right. She bite, dude. So yeah, as we, uh, uh, you know, as we go through this new year, right? Um, it's too late. About? It's too late to wish Happy New Year. That that no, dies I'm not, on the I'm not trying. Okay, to, I'm not wishing Happy New Year. I just, you know, let's let's reflect on ourselves um, as we as we look forward to see where where God is leading us and, and is taking us. Because let's face it, we're all on a journey. Some of us are, are zigging while others are zagging. And it seems like some people have a straighter road than 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 what others have. I know in this season of my life, there's a lot of unknown, which is uh, for those that know me, unknown is not good. I don't I don't like it. Well, let me let me tell you about Psalm forty six ten. Be still and know that I am God, because oh, I will verse, be exalted man. among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. So, if uh, the unknown. No, that that hard. verse is, has has long been meaningful to me. Um, you know, it was my it was my grandmother's favorite verse, and I, I, you know, it's been well said what my grandmother meant to me. But she she pushed that verse like anytime something was wrong, she was like, "Well, are you being still?" I was like, "Well, Lord Brenda, do you know me?" She goes, "I know. That's why I'm saying it." So as we as we move forward, and as we as we look, and as we're still, um, and we're just. Recon, you know, trying to reconcile where God is is taking us. You know, think about what what your thorn is, because we all have one. And and as that thorn keeps us humble, what are we doing to keep from falling into? What are you What are you laughing at? I was gonna say we all have them. Some of us have a lot. That we just some of us have to... more than one thorn. Some of us fell into the cactus. That's right. <laughs> A prickly little thing. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes but, I think I know that I'm old, but you remember, and I know we can't talk about these things anymore because I think they've been banned. But you know the old like Briar Rabbit cartoon, like oh Briar yeah, Rabbit would always fall to the Briar Patch, and I think that's that's how we are with God. It's like, oh help me, I'm in the Briar Patch again. <laughs> what are you doing in the Briar Patch? So yeah, as, as you're as you're examining your life and you're seeing what your thorns are, like don't dwell on them, man. Like mm-hmm. know that they're they're gonna humble you. It's a good word, but don't don't dwell on the thorn. Keep pushing through, and don't fight. The I, I believe the the great the great philosopher Joe Dirt once said, "Keep on keeping on, man." <laughs> and uh, Joe Dirt, I thought you were gonna say Joe Diffie. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like prop me up beside the jukebox. Oh. Nope, Joe Dirt was where I went with that. I'm sorry to disappoint. But don't let and don't let the humbling don't fight the humbling. Like I, I think sometimes we I think it's human nature, right? That when we when we recognize that we are in a, a season of being humbled, um, we look at it as as punishment. Or 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 on the flip side of that, sometimes we fight it because we're like, I don't need to be humbled, which that's the most humble thing to say. Um, but we you know, I think we see it as punishment. We see it as a as a negative. And and the truth is, if you just be still 
and let him be God and let him lead that those seasons of being humbled can be some of the most beautiful and, and wonderful times. Like I, you know, I mean, I think the last, you know, four or five years, right. I've been, well, it's been through a season that's been, that's been incredibly difficult, incredibly painful. I, some of the bleakest moments, right. Dark night of the soul for me. And yet, God gave me incredible gifts during that season. Absolutely. You know, and, and and while some of that darkness still continues to this day and will going forward, like it's, I don't want to say it's okay, but I understand how to to live through it because I've I've trusted Him that you know He He's sovereign over it and He'll deliver. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So what what's been what what do you got going on? What what have you been enjoying? You got any recommendations? It can't just be Swiss roll ice cream. No, I think it is. That that's uh, you. So Andy's recommendation is Swiss roll ice cream. I'm gonna go this. I'm gonna say if you struggle and you want to get through the Bible and you want to spend some time with the Lord. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Make Andy look like this gluttonous slob <laughs> over here, and then Chad's like, "Well, let me tell you about the Bible. That's crap. That crap. No. I didn't know that's where we were going." <laughs> No, but I mean, if you have anything else, I, I picked up. I didn't mean to do that. That was not my direct intention. That was your intent. You're a biter, sir. You're my thorn. Uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> no, the, the, the Swiss roll ice cream can be a good gift from God. I am not going to argue that. Oh, I'm fully aware it's a gift I just told God. you. I told you about hash brown bagels off the air. <laughs> Those are good gifts from God. Trust me, I I can eat my weight in Swiss roll ice cream. But I was thinking about this, like it's still early in the year. And and if you one of your resolutions or goals was to to really get in God's word, and we should be right. If you are, are we doing revol resolutions or revolutions, revolutions. But if you thank you, if you want to, I picked up uh, I picked up this Bible from Tyndale. It's called the One Year Bible, and literally. It's a Bible that's broken out as a devotional. So, you know, you have these Bible reading plans and it'll tell you, you know, January uh, uh, today, January 8th, go read these things. But this one, you just turn to the page like you would a devotional. And it has an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a Psalm and a Proverb, all in one concise little book. And it's about, it's under 20 bucks for the paperback. Um, it's been good to just use, I've been using it so far as my sort of my daily reading and my daily devotional. And that's a, it's been a good thing. So you can, you can, it takes about 15 minutes to read the day. So it's 15 minutes. You can put in your calendar to spend time with the Lord and, and get into the word and then enjoy some Swiss roll ice cream. Well, I'm going to have to get both of those things now. I'm, I'm going to have to try the Swiss roll ice cream, even though I'm really, I don't need it right now, but I'm nobody needs it. it. Nobody needs it. I don't know. Maybe Swiss roll ice cream is my thorn. It can be mine, but uh, I'm going to embrace it tonight during the football game. So, who you got? Uh, I, I'm rooting for Washington. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't like Michigan. Also, no. also, it is official. It is official. Um, I can't remember if on the last episode I talked about how I thought I was a fantasy league champion, but wasn't. Yeah, you I lied. One more week. 
Um, and I was really nervous because, you know, I typed out that long text, but I didn't send it. But I was like, man, it's going to bite me. It didn't. I won. I won. So we so we can both declare that the the hosts of this dumpster fire are champions in separate fantasy football leagues. That's right. We we oh and there's a I can watch a flashback. That's weird. Anyway. But uh yeah, no, um I definitely so I've been looking for something to try to try to keep me in line with daily readings because this is a honest, great this is a great Bible. Like it's just it's great. Like and literally it, it it'll take 15 minutes like to get yeah, you rolling. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have to look that up and, and get it because I, you know, I have it said like, oh, I'm going to do it. 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 And then all of a sudden I'm asleep. Yeah. Because I, I haven't had, I didn't, I didn't do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the struggle that I have, um, I'm like, where, because I have what I'm, because, you know, I'm I'm going through a book uh, of the Bible at church um, and, and going to start teaching through that here pretty soon. Um so I'm reading through that, right? But like, what do I read just as daily reading where I'm, you know, not just studying, but me getting into the word. Yeah. So like, where do I start? What do I do? Um, And, uh, you know, I just, I'm at a loss. So that, I mean, I'm actually really glad that, that you, you put that up. Yeah, because that's an easy trap for being in ministry. Like, you know, if you're, if you're in vocational ministry or in, in, in some sort of, especially if you're in a, a fairly steady preaching role, it's really easy to fall into that trap to, to equate your, your devotional time, your time with the Lord, with your study and prep time for your sermon. Right. And, and for a long time, I fell into that trap. Well, I, I was doing the Lord's work. Like I, my prayer time with the Lord was about church. My study time was about the church, right. For other things. And my, my personal walk suffered greatly because of that so that's an easy it's an easy trap to fall into because and you think you're doing the right thing and it's not a bad thing that you're doing but it you need to have that both like you're you're you can't forsake your personal uh time with the lord for for the ministry time with the lord if that makes sense right well andy i think we we covered a lot of (laughs) innkeepers and Paul's ailments. Yeah, there, and there, there's probably a lot more we that could have been said, but but wasn't. But that's okay. We'll that's live okay. to we'll live to fight another day. Live to fight another day. So here, here's. I don't know if we're ready for last words. Are we ready for last words? It's up to you, brother. Why don't you go ahead and and remind us about our sponsor real quick sure. where, I'm, where I'm pulling out this quote. So don't forget to check out the, the blacksmith merchandise and apparel. I know Keith texted us that he's got some gifts for us or surprises for us. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm pretty but excited. Don't forget to check out St. Gagano Armory at St. Gagano Armory.etsy.com. Uh, hit them up on the, on the social media Various platforms, Twitter or X, they are at St. Galgano, Instagram, they are at St. underscore Galgano underscore Armory. You can hit us up on the sociables at, at X at, well, both uh, X and Instagram at Hill Hipster Pod. Um, you can email us, Hill Hipster Pod 
at gmail.com. You could uh, let us know if you have some topics you want us to talk about. You have some recommendations. You uh, love or hate Swiss roll ice cream. If you, you hate Swiss roll ice cream or Swiss cake rolls in general, like I need to know why. And it needs to be a valid reason. Not just, oh, it tastes bad. No, it doesn't. It doesn't taste bad. I hate chocolate. I don't like chocolate. And I love Swiss cake rolls. <laughs> it's because Swiss cake rolls aren't real chocolate. Look, do you freeze? So, uh, do you freeze yours? Have you ever ate them frozen? I eat everything. I love everything frozen, like Reese's peanut butter a, cups, candies. Just get a box of Swiss things. cake rolls, boom, throw it in the freezer. About four hours later, oh my goodness. Do you know what are amazing frozen? Ice cream. And I know that some folks in the country aren't going to be able to get these readily. But if you are in the like the Great Lakes Midwest, um, I know when I moved back to Indi when I moved to Indiana, I found them regularly. Rollos. I don't even know what that is. Rollos are those little candies. It comes in a roll. They're these sort of little round candies. They're chocolate, and inside them is caramel. And if you freeze those, they are so good. Uh, hot take: I don't, I don't like caramel. M and M's frozen are awesome. I freeze everything, man. I've never tried frozen M and M's. All right, I don't so know. I don't know candy. I don't know. If I can do candy frozen. That's weird. But yeah, just hit us up. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, we are here for that. So, last word, brother. If the devil danced in empty pockets, he'd have a ball in mine. Hashtag RIP Joe Diffie. I can't even trump that. All right. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Where's the record button to stop it? Thank you.